I'm delighted to announce that the National Association for Primary Education has exclusively released a video from its Primary Education Summit, Visions for the Future. This video, recorded by me, Mark Taylor, and Al Kingsley, talks about creating digital strategies for schools. This video is available for you to watch now at educationonfire.com forward slash blog, which I really hope gives you a taster of some of the amazing content that was available as part of that Primary Education Summit. That's educationonfire.com forward slash blog. Hello, my name is Mark Taylor and welcome to the Education on Fire podcast. The place for creative and inspiring learning from around the world. Listen to teachers, parents and mentors share how they are supporting children to live their best authentic life and are proving to be a guiding light to us all. Hello and welcome back to the Education on Fire podcast. You'll know that as a professional musician, as a music educator, I'm such an advocate for the arts and whenever I get the opportunity to interview someone who is doing amazing things and supporting this to give children what I think is such an incredibly important opportunity to to explore and and to be involved in, in that kind of education, then obviously I jump at the chance. And that's why today I'm delighted to be chatting to Rebecca Boyle Sue. Now, Rebecca is a passionate advocate for integrating the arts throughout learning and is particularly interested in primary education and raising girls. In 2004, Rebecca established Artists, a social business dedicated to transforming education through the performing arts, reaching thousands of children every week. Now, the Artists Foundation is focused on social mobility and well-being through the arts. Rebecca is also director of a sculptor's studio based in London and Seoul, was previously co-chair of Heartlands Community Trust in Haringey, and has set up a girls' leadership book club in her community. Rebecca began her career at IMG Artists, an international arts management company working in New York, London and Paris. It was so amazing hearing how the Artist Foundation is creating such an amazing impact in the world and also how you can get involved as well if you are indeed someone working in that field. So I really hope you enjoy this, my conversation with Rebecca Borsu talking about the Artist Foundation. Hi, Rebecca. Thank you so much for joining me here on the Education on Fire podcast. The arts is something which is incredibly important to me as a professional musician, as a music teacher. Um, So it's always an absolute privilege and exciting to be able to talk about how this is being fed into schools and and for the benefit of children. So, yeah, thank you so much for being here. Oh, and it's great to be with you. Thank you for your interest in the arts. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, So take us through what is the Artists Foundation? How long has it been going? How does it work? Well, Artis has been going around 18 years now. So during that time, we have reached thousands and thousands of children. Um, And I mean, Artis was established really to give every child the opportunity to reap the many benefits of an arts-rich education. Um, Because unfortunately, um, I think as the Arts Council has said, creativity is everywhere, but opportunity is not. So artists focuses on schools in areas of high deprivation and we're all about pioneering creative learning and the way we do it is we connect to school priorities and we combine music, drama and movement. So it's a very sort of holistic approach to the arts. Um, but when we link to school priorities, the curriculum is the starting point. So in an artist session, you might see um, children 
dancing the solar system or acting out fractions. Um, so they're sort of physicalizing um, their learning and making it very creative. Um, and the way we do that is through our incredible uh, group of, we call them artist specialists. They are professional performing artists, um, but we recruit and train and mentor them to be amazing educators. So they're taking all of their expertise, um, but we're sort of molding it into something that will work really well in a primary school setting. So we work with four to 11 year olds in primary schools. Um, in and around London, Birmingham, Manchester and Leeds. So we sort of some major conurbations. And you sort of said about sort of opportunity for all in that kind of thing. How do you find sort of the different areas in terms of around the country or the, or the different setups within in different parts of different parts of any any given city? And what are sort of the sort of trials and tribulations or some of the things that you come across? Um, gosh, well, I mean, typically over the years, I've met with around 100 primary schools every year, gone to meet with the head teacher and talked about the arts and whether it's prioritised in their schools. And I just, when I go into a primary school, it's just rare that you ever hear children singing. <laughs> um, and head teachers find it really difficult to integrate the arts into their children's learning. Um, and I think in schools where there's... Um, less deprivation. I think parents pick up a lot of the gaps um, because they may, you know, seek out individual instrumental lessons or they may take their children to museums and, you know, give them a creative artistic experience outside of school. But for those children that don't have that, um, it's absolutely vital that it is there in schools. So we find it really patchy. There's there's nothing uniform about the access to the arts in primary schools and it's well I'm just it saddens me that it's you know in such decline so I mean over the last 10 years it's probably declined by about a third in primary schools um, and I think the thing that I've identified in schools particularly yeah primary schools is that you generally have one teacher teaching all subjects to a class and it's quite rare that you've got a teacher that has a background in music dance or drama to have the confidence to to you know work through those subjects with the class um, and it's um, in their own teaching or training to become a teacher there's there's very little time to develop those skills um, and you as a professional musician, I mean, you know, the years that you've put into becoming an expert musician, it, it's very difficult if you're not a musician to, um, you know, inspire a class of children to, <laughs> you know, to sing or to engage in, in music unless you have that expertise. So it's, yeah, I think the expertise isn't there. Um, the budget isn't there. So, of course, that's been an ongoing theme. And a bigger theme that comes up more and more in primary schools is that even if schools want to do more arts, they don't have the means to do it because budgets are so squeezed um, and it's only getting worse. So, of course, because the arts aren't necessarily a must-have or a requirement for the schools, um, that it's not highly valued by the government, 
um, you know, it's maths and English, of course, when they've got budgetary decisions to make, it's, you know, the arts isn't, there's no spare money for the arts. So I think it's, yeah, expertise and, or lack of expertise and lack of finance are the things that I see across every school. (laughs) And I think one of the things that I notice is there's, it's the fearless leaders, as it were, the fearless head teachers who, who have had the experience within their own worlds to know that if we can put this in, not only is it going to give the children amazing opportunities and that creative outlet and the, you know, the emotional support they need, certainly for someone like me, music became sort of my vehicle, you know, my way of expressing myself. And they know that that will filter through yeah. to every subject and everything that yeah. they're doing. Yeah. Um, but they have to have experienced that as well to begin with. And otherwise, it's just that, like you say, it's that kind of the creativity is not necessarily within the staff. It's that kind of can we have can we bring a song into this particular thing? And I don't, I can't find a song. And if I can find a song, I don't know how to deliver yeah. it or how to yeah. give that freedom to in, incorporate what it is with whatever the, maybe the, yeah. the topic that they're doing or anything that they're trying to, to get across. A- you're absolutely right. Um, I think fearless heads. Yes, we love fearless heads, um, but they are. There are fewer fearless heads than there used to be because there's such a focus on data and if they're not reaching the necessary data you know their 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 jobs uh, in jeopardy if they're if they're not seeing to you know provide better data and progress and things like that but I think yes those fearless heads that even if they don't have the money they've got such a passion for the arts in terms of the impact that it can of course have on on the data as well that um, they will find the money Um, but more and more you come across the fearless heads that can't find the money anymore Um, and they're having to make really really tough decisions Um, And I think it's the more experienced heads that, um, yes, have perhaps had a different type of training than the younger heads um, who are, yeah, overwhelmed by their jobs these days, that it's difficult for them to take risks, budgetary risks, curriculum risks. Um, Mm. But when we work with schools with heads that see the impact on the children and on their learning, their engagement with school, if they move on to another school, the first thing they do is engage artists. Um, so we follow heads around. <laughs> we mm. almost, need, almost need a sort of creative education program for head teachers to really help give them the confidence to make those decisions. Because in the end, it's, it's, it's their belief and their passion that's going to enable it to come into the school. Yeah. And I think it's the, the interesting thing is, is that I, I love the fact you were saying that idea of sort of following the head, because then that's a creative way to, to impact more children um and and the budget thing is an issue across all subjects isn't it? In, in lots of ways and it's certainly one of the things that comes up a lot when we talk about um ed tech and things like that because you know we don't have the budget for a whole new set of tablets or a whole new set of computers or a better wi-fi system or whatever it happens to be um and one of the things that i hadn't quite realized until some of these discussions had come up was that fact of the mindset needs to shift in terms of it doesn't matter what we can afford at the moment. This is the vision for what we want it to look like. Now, how do we go about that? And it might be next year or five years, or it might be getting the, com- you know, the community involved. It might be approaching a company that can sponsor something, whatever it happens to be. But sort of the end game becomes the focus, and then they work out how to do it. And I think 
they can sort of feel that in a technical sort of view, but it's harder to do from an artist's point of view. But I think the mindset's the same. Like I say, if the heads think, no, we really want this to happen, how can we go about making that in, 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 a, in a creative way, which I guess sort of takes us full circle. Exactly. And it's also a creative way they need to look at their budget creatively because you know they might have a little line in their budget that says the arts um, but it might be some supplies or something and when you're talking about investing thousands of pounds in something um, it can be quite overwhelming Um, but if they're looking at um, we encourage schools to look at their pupil premium budget their sports premium because our work's so physical We ask them to look at their professional development side of the budget because class teachers work alongside our artist specialists, so they're building their school, their skills all along the way. Or if their absolute priority is numeracy, then of course our programme will be aligned to learning numeracy physically and through music. And so um, it, it does take a switch in their mindset to think differently about the arts and how it can impact their school and their priorities as well so and take us through what the program might look like is it um half a day a day a a series of weeks what what does it um what does it look like for any given school yeah so typically we would work in a one form entry primary school for a day a week so our artist specialists would be matched to a school for an entire academic year and they would come in on the same day every week so Tuesday is their artist day and then that day is split into five or six sessions between half an hour 45 minutes an hour so in those six sessions we can be working with you know year one to six um, and the artist specialist would get all the curriculum maps from the class teachers so they know all the themes and topics and priorities of each individual class and then they plan the sessions alongside the priorities of that class so in a day an artist specialist could be doing six completely different sessions you know one linked to hurricanes the other linked to fractions and so um you know there's a lot of planning that careful planning that goes goes on um and typically they do a a theme across six weeks so it builds over six weeks as many primary school classes would do anyway and then the next six weeks they start, start a new topic so I think our priority is that the children see the same person every week, you know, every term for the year. So it doesn't become like a one-off project that we sort of go in and come out again, but it's actually becomes deeply ingrained in the school. And, you know, before you know it, because the class teachers are in the sessions, they're taking all the ideas and methodologies back into the classroom and trying to do things um, differently perhaps a bit more creatively with their class so um, the whole school becomes more creative in the process so then like say it's, it's become really embedded which is the, which is the key thing and like say and, and you're, you're upskilling the teachers as well and and you can see how that really then has real sort of impact at the heart of what's going on which I think is in, in, incredibly, incredibly exciting yeah it um, is and the class teachers actually love being in the sessions because Somebody else is in charge, our artist specialist, but the children can see them participating. So the children have never really probably seen their own teacher learning and, you know, trying new things, taking risks and getting involved. And also the teacher sees their children in a different light, working with a professional performing artist. They can see children, you know, that may 
be struggling in the classroom suddenly shine in d different ways and then they can encourage that sort of approach back in the classroom and they have a deeper understanding of how their children learn so it's um yeah it's 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 wonderful when it goes back into the classroom yeah and i think that learning together i think especially when you're learning as a pupil alongside a member of staff, especially if it's your teacher, because let's say it changes the whole dynamic, but it's incredibly powerful. Um, and if you could bottle that, <laughs> I think then, it, you know, it really is gold, isn't it? It is, it is. And it, the teacher also has a different sort of teaching companion, <laughs> someone they can bounce ideas off, or if they're struggling with something in the curriculum that, um, or that they need to be further enriched or explained. They can work with their artist specialist saying, you know, how would you do this through drama and music and dance? Um, so it's a, it's a real collaboration. Um, and yeah, the class teachers encouraged to take more risks back in the classroom as well. And they're also given this amazing starting point in an artist session, especially for for writing. So the children are given experience with artists and often a very magical experience. So they're developing vocabulary and they're developing how to express their emotions and being able to give words to them. So of course their writing is, is um, you know, really develops very quickly because as soon as they've had this creative session, they can go back into the classroom and write about it, that they're not just having to depend on their everyday experiences to pull on. But in an artist session, they can go to the beach, they could fly to the moon, they can be, um, you know, king of a castle and, um, and they can, you know, develop dialogue and pretend to be people from the past. And um, it's... Yeah, it's really exciting. And, and, and the teachers that really understand that take it so much further back into the classrooms. It's great. So take me into where this passion started, you know, your, your sort of professional background and, and, and taking that then, you know, let's say into primary schools and creating a foundation to do that. Hmm. Well, I was very lucky that... Um, I, there was a lot of music and um, going on in my school and I, my mother really loved ballet so she took me to ballet lessons. Um, so I, I, I was very fortunate um, in my own education that, and I became so excited by music that it just went on and on. It's probably, you'll know that story too, you know, I, I, I started playing the trumpet and then I'd started singing lessons and piano lessons and um, dancing. So it was, and then I, I loved musical theater. So then you've got the sort of the drama, the music um, and the dance all there. Um, but my professional life started working for um, a management company, um, managing the careers of very prof high profile um, musicians, um, opera singers, conductors. Um, and that was, I mean, it was a f fascinating job to understand what goes into the life of a very high profile <laughs> musician. Um, but I think um, I began to notice also their 
the opportunities they were given it was it was very much down to their parents or their schooling and um you know i often wondered how many children were not getting those opportunities to access music um and we you know the world may be missing out on extraordinary musicians and in setting up artists i i really thought that initially it might be about creating those opportunities to like career a career pathway for children who wouldn't have those opportunities um and I expected the feedback initially from schools to be like, oh, we had no idea, you know, he was so musical or was such a great actor. And um, but of course, that that feedback was it, it was so very different. It was like, I can't believe how much this child is um, that their confidence has gone through the roof. And now they're in class putting up their hand and speaking out and or our, the behavior in this class has improved so much more because they're not fighting with each other. They're, they're, they're learning how to collaborate and to how to give each other positive feedback. And it was, it was a whole different, um, I just was really surprised by that. Um, and of course, getting that feedback, you can then start to further nurture that in the you know recruitment and training of our arts educators um, and developing that more in the sessions um, and it's been I think the combining of music drama and movement was um, really key to all of this um, and when we recruit musicians, actors and dancers, some of the dancers might not be singers and some of the actors might not be dancers, but through our training and mentoring, we encourage them to embrace all of them. Because of course, when you're moving to music, you're dancing, but you also can easily create a storyline. And so the, the performing arts sort of belong together. And it's, I think it's only in Western culture that they're really divided up and you you focus on one and, and not the others but for children it's absolutely natural to do all three together and for primary schools it's great too because it's a really efficient use of the timetable that they're not needing to engage separate teachers for all of those art subjects um so it's yeah that's i guess that's how it's sort of all connected up and take us through the people that go in and perform these things and go into school and in terms of how how you find them and like say about the mentoring and everything because it does seem to be an amazingly talented group of people because like i say having the artistic side is one thing having the planning side having the the skill set to be in schools and educating is an, is another thing so so yeah tell us about them and, and how they sort of come into your world yeah, I guess we've got great relationships with all the conservatoires and universities, you know, that are, um, are developing great actors, dancers and um, musicians. So that's often a good starting point for us. But um, I think that um, we're really looking for um, performers that do have a few years experience in education. Um, we have our recruitment process is quite rigorous um, so we see them as performers 
we want them to perform to us because the children, we want the children to see them as performers and very highly skilled performers because there's an immediate respect there from the children. Um, and we also see them working with a class of children. So you can very quickly tell whether there's a rapport or interest and how um, somebody might manage a class of 30 children, which is not easy in an open space. They're not behind desks, they're in a hall. Um, and I think that we also really look at their, I guess their motivation around education and, and, and whether it aligns with our own um, set of values um, as an organization. Um, so if they're talented performers, passionate about education, and of course they have to be incredibly committed as well because there's a lot of work that goes into the planning um, and um, of course they don't need to be great planners when we recruit them we give them all of those skills so we have an initial training program that really helps boost those planning skills the understanding of the primary context and the curriculum we also boost their performing art skills so of course the dancers will need extra support in how to deliver more music and drama and vice versa. So we have individual sessions um, on those. And then I think one of the most valuable things for them is our mentor program. So every new artist specialist is assigned a mentor and they go and observe them twice in their first term. And they're more sort of a coach rather than somebody that's going in to say what what's not working it's a very collaborative process and they speak to their mentor every week so they can talk about what's what's working well and what they want to change or difficulties they might have with a particular child and engaging them um, and we have mentor groups they meet each term so it feels like a real community of performing arts educators where they feel supported and they can share ideas um, and the training is ongoing so they're forever topping up their skills and of course the artist specialists can develop into mentors and have their own group of artist specialists they can look after and then we have mentor leaders as well the mentor leaders look after the mentors looking after the artist specialists. Mm -hmm. so there's a lovely network of of support because um, it can be quite lonely going into a school and not being there full time. You don't want to just pop in and out again or not feel, I mean, they do feel, uh, the schools really do make our artist specialists feel very welcome, but to have a further network, a professional network is is very valuable to them. And, and talk a little bit about how the, the foundation works. Obviously your co-founder and you've got um, a co-co-founder as it were, but you know, in terms of sort of trustees and people that are kind of sort of behind the scenes sort of helping and supporting and, and getting that message out there. Yeah, well, we have my co-founder, Nigel Maynard, his background is in education. Uh, mine's more in the sort of music business side of things. Um, so he's been really instrumental in um, devising the content and the approach and the recruitment and training and support of our artist specialists. Um, and we also have an amazing board of trustees. Um, we've had some trustees that have, have um, you know, been with us for many years and are fantastic advocates of ours. Um, and, you know, each person on the board of trustees has a, has a particular um, skill that they're able to support us with. Um, we also have some patrons, so we have some really wonderful 
musicians and actors, um, Nitin Sawney, Kwame Kweyama, Evelyn Glenny, uh, and they're just great ambassadors and they just, um, they just have such a deep understanding of what we do and why we do it and why it matters and why it's um, such an essential thing for children to have access to. Um, so that's um, how the team is made up, yeah. And it just struck me there because this is a, it's a very straightforward conversation for everyone that I think we're talking to and the people that are involved in the organization is the fact that it's an absolute no-brainer. Why would not everybody be taking this on board? And like I say, if you can then find those fearless heads and, and the schools that want to be involved, then there's that natural excitement and that progression and, and obviously what you're able to deliver. What's it like, or do you not try to sort of implement it in places which are harder to kind of develop or people that are sort of a little bit more resistant how does that sort of the yes we want to be involved because it's fantastic as opposed to the kind of we we think you'd really enjoy this we think this would be a fantastic thing for you but there's a little bit more of a not a sell but you sort of know what i mean in terms of, sort yeah, of getting I, people on board yeah it's it's absolutely um you know we have very long conversations with head teachers around um, our impact, what it will mean for the school. Um, you know, I, I have to say, I have never come across a head teacher that doesn't believe that the arts is going to make a difference to their children. I think that the major stumbling block is finance. Um, so we try to raise funds to part fund what the school is able to contribute, um, but still the the amount that the school needs to contribute, um, you know, can is, you know, is is an amount of money that's not easy to find in a primary school budget. But when you look at the cost of um, what we're doing, it's about two pounds per child per session. You know, it's it's nothing, absolutely nothing. Um, but when you multiply it up, you know, it becomes a sum that in a primary school budget, it's it's hard to find. Um, I often wonder what would make the difference. Is it, is it just about money? Um, I mean, it's, it's a combination of money and priorities. Um, now, primary schools, they have a sports premium now in their budget, so they have to spend that on sports. If schools had an arts premium where they had a sum of money that they had to spend on the arts, that would make a huge difference. Um, and of course, the funds that we're able to raise that are able to sort of match fund what the school is able to um, commit to artists makes a huge difference um, as well. So, um, you know, the more support we can get, the more schools we can work in. Um, and I, I enjoy those conversations with um, the fearful heads. <laughs> <laughs> I do because, um, yeah, I feel that's very much part of our advocacy. You know, we really need to help schools um, understand um, the potential impact on their children's well-being, you know, and on their learning and engagement with schools and how they feel about themselves. And um, I mean, the arts are quite extraordinary in that sense. Um, and We've recently, I mean, it's so very difficult to gather 
really concrete evidence around the impact of the arts on education. I mean, that's, it's, it's a growing body of evidence. It's sort of difficult to contest, but we've been, you know, for many years trying to look at how we can express the impact of artists in, in terms of data. Um, and we've recently partnered up with an organisation called Pro Bono Economics, um, which is a charity that matches economists with charities to try and help them gather the right sort of data so that it can be so they can do a really thorough economic analysis of you know what you're investing in something what are the outcomes and we did a very exciting gathering of data around social emotional impact of our work on children and because we work for the whole year with children we're able to take a measurement at the beginning of the year and the end of the year and we use the same measure that the government uses to measure children's well-being so it's a measure that's understood um, by government. The key outcomes of this report was that we were able to demonstrate that working with artists for a year lowered the probability of truancy, exclusion, committing crime, lower probability of smoking, depression, higher probability of employment and um, a higher probability of higher wages. So this sort of evidence is really exciting for us because um, not only are we able to talk to schools about the um, economic impact of the pound that they put into artists, but also to funders are more and more focused on we want to see the impact of our investment, the social impact of our investment. Um, so this is a report that we launched in June. So, you know, we're excited to share the outcomes of this report and we are continually gathering this data so we can make the data stronger and stronger as we go. I think it's fantastic and I think it's a real lesson in terms of of kind of understanding that you need to speak the language of the people that are involved you know because like you say we know how impactful it is I'm a product of having the opportunity to learn to play the drums because as I started secondary school as my particular example was is we had to learn an instrument and but I'd done loads of music in primary school and I decided that I was going to be a a football player and never needed to play the recorder again and all of that kind of thing and then I, I I had the opportunity and absolutely loved it met this whole new world that I had no exposure to before it's not in my family it's not and you know and it's taken me around the world and like you say that it shouldn't just be because I was in the right school at the right time we'd hope it's for every every child and I guess any way we can ex expand that and, and get it out there that's that's really really important I'm always keen is there an educational experience that you've had or a teacher that made a big impact on your life and I'm always interested especially people who then get back involved in education how maybe that impact or or the the thought patterns that go into that sort of develop into into that passion and, and what you're able to produce you know I think a turning point for me in my education was it was a complete chance um, thing. <laughs> this is, yeah, artists is about taking the chance out of the equation. Um, but when I was in primary school, we had this, um, the peripatetic trumpet teacher came round to each class to do an introduction to the trumpet to see if anybody wanted to take up um, lessons. Um, so he came into my class and um, like you, you know, my family wasn't that musical and I don't think they would ever have, you know, suggested learning a trumpet. Um, but 
he handed around um, a trumpet mouthpiece. Uh, you couldn't do this today with getting every child to blow into this <laughs> mouthpiece, but we all did, all 30 of us. And out of the 30 children, I was the only one that could make this sound out of this out of this mouthpiece. So I was told I was going to start trumpet lessons um, just because of that. Um, so they signed me up. I think it was like five minutes a week on this battered old, you know, county instrument they found in a cupboard somewhere. Um, so I just started playing five minutes a week. And then I just, I don't know, I guess I became really, really good. And then started having longer lessons, ended up getting my trumpet. I then, my trumpet I got uh, yeah, a music scholarship to my secondary school because of my trumpet playing that came with free piano lessons. So I started playing the piano and, um, and then the music just became such a thread. And like you, music takes you, yeah, takes you around the world and performing everywhere. And, um, you know, and the joy of making music with other people, you know, I ended up doing it at university and it was that trumpet teacher that, it, I, I would just wouldn't have gone down that route if he if I hadn't made a sound out of that mouthpiece. So he's the one that comes to mind. Yeah. I mean, it, it is amazing, isn't it? And I think and and that that kind of paradox of kind of like you say, we want every person to have the opportunity, but there is also your personal experience, and that could never be taken for granted either you know that you, you don't have the same teacher or the same opportunities even if on the face of it it was the same and uh, and I find that very interesting and mm. as much as we'd like to sort of you know often have a magic wand and everyone have music and drama and, and everything in schools all the time or the curriculum completely up changed and undone to make it all sort of arts focused even actually the reality is is that we can still make a difference and it might be that we're the person like say handing the mouthpiece or or saying that we're going to do some kind of music or some kind of arts related thing which is going to make a difference to a child that you never thought would have been the person that makes that yeah, transformation you are absolutely right um and i think it's that um creating those opportunities for children to have um I guess it's like a, like a peak learning experience, like something just happens in that moment where they're, they're just changed. Um, and I think the arts can bring about more opportunities like that because they're so heightened emotionally, you know, the music and the drama and the movement, um, that I think that we see many, many turning points in the thousands of children that, that we're working with. Um, and that's just, that's just so meaningful for me to know that we're making that difference to so many children's lives. And is there a piece of advice you've been given which has had a big impact or, or even a piece of advice maybe you give your younger self now looking back as a <laughs> as an older Rebecca that might um, think, yeah, that, that would have been well worth knowing? Oh, I wish, um, I wish I'd taken, I wish I'd been encouraged to take more risks you know, I think education can be all about sort of right and wrong. And um, and I think that looking at music or the arts, um, a lot of it can be about interpreting somebody else's creativity. Um, but, you know, when you look at jazz or improvisation, um, then you have to take risks all the time. And also it's you know, I think I just, I just wish I had been encouraged to take more risks and to have more confidence to say that, um, 
you know, I don't agree with that. Um, that I was sort of, my education, I just assumed that teachers were always right. Um, and, you know, I know they weren't. Um, and, mm -hmm. I, you know, I tell my own children, you know, your teachers aren't always right. You can disagree with them. Uh, and that's not something that I didn't grow up with the confidence to take the risk to speak up and or to assume that actually there are other ways of doing things. Yeah, and I love the fact that, you know, as you've described already, you know, that having a having an, a foundation which takes people into schools where the teachers and the pupils are learning at the same time. I mean, that's already changing that those sorts of conversations as well. I love that kind of sort of full circle kind of approach, as it were. Um, and, and just finally, is there a resource which has had an impact? And this can be professional or personal professional or personal in terms of had a big impact anything from a podcast a video a song a film a book but something that you remember that you'd like to share um there's one podcast that i really love listening to and it's called the happiness lab um and there's a professor at yale university called dr laurie santos and she does this series called the happiness lab and it's all data driven uh, around how to um I don't know how to perceive ha happiness or how to measure it and to and that really kept me going during lockdown and um, I've continued listening to her because I find her um, it really inspiring and it helps you to sort of see life from different angles um, and um, yeah I'd really recommended people to have a listen to that. Yeah, I love that. And it's amazing what lockdown has opened up for so many people, especially on an audio and a, and a learning front. The acronym FIRE is important in terms of education on FIRE. And I love the fact that you've already spoken about that. Um, we do it in terms of feedback, inspiration, resilience and empowerment. And you spoke before about just how the feedback is so important in terms of the direction of the, what you took, the way it, it sort of created that foundation of the foundation in terms of what people's perceived ideas can be and just taking it and seeing what the reality is for those people that are involved and how that then just shapes the future and the, and the journey that you're on. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that lockdown, um, all our work went online and we would never have even thought to put our work online but we were forced to um, and um, the feed of course parents started seeing their children really engaged with their artist specialists at home and it's we've been really surprised that um, in terms of that engagement even with you know of course it's never the same being with somebody in a classroom but you know for those children that in remote schools or don't have any access to any artists to have really high quality experiences of online learning is is really powerful so um that was another outcome of of lockdown or learning experience for us yeah as an organization mm. yeah fantastic so Thanks so much for being here. And I, I get very excited having these conversations just with, like say, that opportunity and the people who will be listening. You can just suddenly think, I wanted to do something like this, but I didn't know how to go about it. I didn't know whether I, I'd have to retrain. And you sort of answered all those questions about how you're making that impact. So tell people where they can find out more and, and get more information and maybe have that first conversation of the long conversations, like you say, to, to, to get it happening. Sure. Well, the best place to go is our website and you'll find all the information there. So that's artistfoundation.org.uk. Um, and, you know, if you're interested in working with us, we do, you know, regular recruitment. Um, or if you're a school that wants to find out more, we're happy to come and visit you and tell you more or invite you to one of our current schools to see it in action 
I think that makes a real difference seeing it and feeling the engagement between the children and the performers. It's, yeah, it's really magical. Fantastic. And we'll have links to all, all those things we've spoken about on the show notes as well. So, Rebecca, thank you so much for being here. It's fascinating and, and encouraging and exciting all at the same time. So, yeah, really appreciate your time today. Yeah, wonderful speaking to you. Thank you. Thank you for listening and being part of this wonderful community. With over 300 episodes, I've collated 20 resources from guests that have been on the show to help you in your educational journey and those of you involved with young people. Just go to educationonfire.com and you can sign up on the homepage. Thanks for listening to the Education on Fire podcast. For more information of each episode and to get in touch, go to educationonfire.com. Education is not the filling of a pail, but the lighting of a fire.